Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday to you all. I'm so excited that you've decided to forestall your Saturday morning cartoons and spend some time with the Daily Devotions through Redeeming Life Fellowship. And if you haven't met me before, I'm Dan. I'm a teaching pastor here. And uh, we're going to continue our journey through the Pauline epistles, through part of the wider journey of reading through the entire New Testament throughout the year. And uh, we're going to be focusing on Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. And going to be actually placing a pretty heavy emphasis on the first verse. And so uh, today's devotional should actually be relatively short, but it's it's actually quite interesting, quite fascinating, and really I think is going to be very instrumental in helping us uh, process the rest of the moral imperatives, and Paul has got a lot of them, throughout the remainder of this chapter, where by the time you get midway through uh, tomorrow's chapter, as we'll or tomorrow's section, as we'll talk about on Sunday, and then we get into Monday in chapter 5, there is just um, so much that Paul lays out that uh, is weighty, that uh, frankly really sets this very high standard of Christian morality that when we look at it, it's um, it's hard to digest it and take it bit by bit and think like, like, it's it's easy to get to the end of it and think like Paul, you're just asking too much. Um, this standard that you've called us to is impossibly high, and I don't feel as though, based upon my own moral fortitude um, and the, the 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 stuff that I'm made of, is not capable of reaching this standard that you've raised me to. And now, thankfully, let me reassure you with this one. Um, God never sets the moral standard, one, that isn't achievable primarily, principally, through, without faith and repentance in Jesus Christ. Apart from that, um, there's no moral achievement that's going to make us into the sort of people, that's going to redeem us into the sort of people that God has called us to be. That's impossible. But that the sort of life that God has called us to live, a normal Christian life, uh, a life in the spirit, as Paul would, would summarize it, uh, is one that's not just simply brought about through moral effort. Uh, it's not something that changes instantaneously, but rather the fruit of the growth of the gradual transformation in life renewal through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and mine brings about the sort of life that God desires for us. And it's a timely thing. Thank God in his patience and his forbearance um, is one who will see us out uh, through to the very end uh, to make us into the sort of people that are pleasing, fully pleasing in his sight. He doesn't give up on us, but that he wants to make us complete. He wants to make us whole. He wants to make us perfect. And Oftentimes, I think uh, it's that idea, that vision that, that scares each and every one of us away at some times that we, um, we balk at it and say, uh, what you're asking for is impossible. And there's a key verse that I think helps us here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, that helps us set... Um, 
our minds in a frame of reference in, that's going to help us receive well everything else that Paul has to say. And it says this. We'll read the, first read the first verse and then expound on it and then read the rest of the passage. So this is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. It says this. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Let me read that again. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So, why is it that it's so important that we live a life worthy of the calling that you've received? The reason why it's so important is that for your life and mine, it is so much easier to get by with the status quo, with things that are normal, that even if they don't produce any kind of lasting fruit, they're still more comfortable and they're more familiar and that it's easier to be able to, um, to get by with life living based upon a standard of, of, what's, of just what, what your culture and your society and my culture and my society just regard as normal. I can't remember the author who put it this way, um, where he said that the things that we believe intuitively is that what's selected is average, what's average is normal, and what's normal is good. And that as long as we live like that, that our lives are never going to uh, achieve anything higher than something like the status quo. But what's so fascinating about this is that while it's easier to live the life of a status quo, um, it is much more fruitful to be able to live a life that's worthy of the calling that you've received, that sets a higher standard, but it's a standard that's worthy of the calling that you've received, to live a life that's fruitful in the sight of God. We could think of the analogy this way, how uh, football season has just started. Not a whole lot of people are interested in it, but I'm interested in it. But one of the things that's interesting about this is that um, the... Uh, People who play in the NFL uh, represent well less than 1% of all aspiring professional athletes who, um, who work tirelessly, who um, cannot live like normal people live so that they can actually... Um, uh, uh, actually compete in the National Football League. Their diet has to change. Their schedule has to change. The work that has to, that's involved, not just work physically, but work mentally. All those things that go in, if you want to be able to, to live according to a higher standard, they have to live a life that's worthy of, of, of being drafted, of being called, of being on a roster. Uh, that if they... Um, decide that that's too hard, that they can't uh, live uh, according to those standards. They would rather be able to um, eat what everybody else eats, um, avoid the sort of strict routine of diet and exercise and study that that requires, 
um, they're not going to be in the NFL very long. As a matter of fact, they're going to be uh, out uh, fairly quickly. Uh, but, and that's not to say that, um, that one of the key differences in this case is that where, where when Paul says to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received, that calling isn't because you or I are anything special. If you're called into the NFL, they recognize your raw potential and your talent, and then you rise to that standard, and then you can play in the NFL. Uh, but for us, uh, the, the living a life worthy of the calling that you've received is much more similar to the, that of the calling of the first 12 disciples who called people who were not worthy, who weren't anything in the sight of the world, and says, God calls those people and he makes something out of them. Um, it is as the old uh, saying goes, God doesn't call the qualified, he, call, he qualifies the called. And, uh, and that's the way in which um, it's important for us to remember is that, that the life that God calls each and every one of us to, to, to follow, uh, a life in the spirit, a spiritual life, is on the one hand a Christian norm. It's, it's, it's perfectly normal for the Christian to be able to live, live like this, but it's also um, not a normal that's that everybody else would, would think of as normal. And so uh, God wants each and every one of us to live a life worthy of the calling that we've received. And that's, I think, a helpful frame of mind for us to, to approach when we sit down and read through the rest of Ephesians. All right, so Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, beginning in verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and he gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. That's a lot to chew on. I would suggest you spend some time today just thinking about that. Uh, but let's continue. It says this, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows 
and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. What a fantastic vision about what the church is uh, that Paul is, is bringing us to understand. Uh, and if this is what God desires for you and for me, how glorious of a picture it is, it is worth living a life worthy of the calling you and I have received. So thank you so much for joining us for Daily Devotions through Redeeming Life Fellowship. I encourage you to subscribe to the YouTube channel or even check out our podcasts. Help support us financially if the Lord enables you to do so. And even partner with us on the ground here with our ministry in Whitley County and Huntington County. And uh, but whatever the case may be, I pray God would bless you and that each and every one of us would grow in our discipleship, that we would continue this vision, this mission of growing mature disciples here in Whitley County through Redeeming Life Fellowship, and that each of us would live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. So God bless you, take care, and I look forward to seeing you next time.